0: Hi, I'm here with TPAV Secretary Wayne Gatt, and coming up we're going to talk about the right to disconnect. This was a hard-fought battle, this one, Wayne. Absolutely, and a a landmark achievement for police in Victoria too, and I will say the first nationally, the first nationally. Look, being a cop, being a cop doesn't mean you have to be a cop 24-7, seven days a week. In fact, sometimes you need to be normal, you need to be an ordinary person to be your best at work as well. This is a provision that helps police do that, and it's one we want to tell all of our members about today. I'm Justin Smith and this is the TPAV Squadcast. It's a podcast to help members better understand your rights and entitlements. In this first series, we're going to look at something that impacts the lives of all members rostering. And the rights we're talking about are things that have been hard fought by TPAV with you and for you. We'll have real-life stories and real-life solutions, so let's get into it. It's hard enough to turn the brain off from the job. It's even harder when the job won't leave you alone uh, on a rest day or on leave. It is why TPAV negotiated the right to disconnect. With me is Luke Oliver, assistant manager of industrial relations. He has been with TPAV for seventeen years. Has been a big part of brokering for EBAs. He's very passionate about helping people. And Emma Arnold is a PSO senior. She has a long career. As a PSO, I took out a little time to work as a triple zero call taker, but is now back and a very strong delegate for other PSOs. Uh, hello to both of you. Thank you very much for the chat. Uh, so, this is, uh, this is groundbreaking stuff, uh, you know, not just in, in the state of Victoria or Australia, but around the world. This, this is pretty groundbreaking what, what you have managed to achieve here with the, the right to disconnect.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a very bold new provision. It was something that was, um, I guess, a classic scenario of our members telling us about a problem and us trying to come up with a solution for it. I don't think we can claim complete you know, credit for the individual nature of it, um, although we did have to tweak it to a policing environment. It's never been seen in anything like policing before. Um, so it's been seen at a corporate level in some places, but also um, in small pockets of what I would call progressive Europe, um, so places like France and Luxembourg, um, and I sort of stumbled across it um, reading various industrial journals as a nerd does, um, stumbling across <laughs> what was called Le Droit de la Um and my, apolog- my apologies to anyone for the poor pronunciation, um, but in reading into it, it was effectively a right to be able to get time away from your work where your work couldn't impinge on you. Um, and so we sort of had a look at the ways in which our members were being contacted there are obviously times when you need to be able to get a police officer on the phone um, and you know if there's going to be a statewide emergency or Marvel Stadium explodes, you need to be able to contact them and we have to be able to accept that that's the case and I think our members do accept that that's the case. What they didn't accept was what they were telling us, which was I'm getting called on my rest days, which are hard to get anyway. It's hard to get them consecutively and they're treasured by our members. And then I get called about a brief that you really couldn't yeah. talk to me about next time I was in the office and that was the solution they wanted us to 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 come up
0: with. And to both of you. And Emma, I mean you, there are there are people. I'm not I'm not just gonna label all bosses as the same, but there are people who are just clueless sometimes, aren't they? <laughs> with contacting someone that, that they, they they could do it when the person is next on. They could just make a note in their diary to make sure they mention it, but they just pick up the phone before anything else and just call somebody. Yeah, and absolutely. They don't realise what that can do.
2: Yeah. There's also that pushback in the sense that you know if the next time if if it's a change of shift and the next time they would see you in the office would mean that it would incur the penalty of change of shift because you didn't get enough notice then they feel that pressure to try to do the right thing and contact you before that kicks in but then that would mean you're on rest days and stuff like that so there's that pressure on the supervisors as well that that's coming down from above to you know try to avoid costing the department money where you can but then it's encroaching on members rights and those well.
0: things when that happens to you i mean how does that impact you when you're in the job and, and somebody sort of doesn't doesn't care enough to to you know not trespass on you but what, what's that like?
2: It's it's more about like I wouldn't say they don't care, like uh, especially for myself, like my rostering sergeant tries his best. Yeah. But at the same time, it's a huge beast to do the rosters and stuff like that. And it's not really something you can do on your own. So if you're not, you know, gonna allow people to help you, which you know, that's your own sort of problem. But you know, it's, you feel sorry for them because they're trying to please everyone and you just can't. And it's, it's sort of hard. Like you, you don't want to answer your phone, but then, you know, when you're getting yelled at in briefings of like, you know, take your phone home, keep your phone handy, keep checking your roster. And it's like, I don't want to have to deal with work when I go home.
0: Luke, that that being yeah, said, it drives and, me wild. I was going to say, I could see you fuming over there that you're in a briefing and somebody said, now keep your phone with you, for goodness yeah. sake. I mean, that just, this so, is what we're talking about.
1: And that one, it drives me hog wild. And I'm sorry, I will try and breathe my way through this. <laughs> the truth is, if Victoria Police want you to have your phone handy, have it on, and make sure you answer it, they have a provision in the agreement for it. And it's called availability. Those things don't come for free. You can pay them and they'll do that and I've got no problems with that and they have the ability to do it. What this is about is that they keep getting those things for free out of our members Um, and and that's what the right to disconnect was really about, was about saying, you know what, Victoria Police, if you want to contact them out of hours, it's going to cost you because that's how you get an action out of Victoria Police quite often. You need to be able to provide a financial disincentive to them to rein in an odious practice.
0: And you would have seen the effect that Emma's talking about and people being told that, and trying to have a rest day, get a few calls, just someone who, who didn't have to do it but they decided to do it anyway just on a whim to call you and, dis- and disrupt you. What, what effect have you seen that, that that's had on people? Oh, look, without getting
1: into personal details, I will tell you that I've had contact with somebody recently who'd worked effectively um, 17 out of the previous 19 days was coming off of night shift and got called at 7 o'clock the next morning on their first rest day to be asked where the brief was. Mm. So that's a problem. Like yeah. that's, that's, that's offensive, to be perfectly honest. And it got worse because two days later, as that person was on consecutive rest days, they got called again about the same brief. <laughs> now, that's problematic. And you might say, how can that exist in a world of right to disconnect? How, that, how can that be going on? And the truth is it's only a baby of a clause yet. Um, and so we're not at a stage where it's been prosecuted out. I think there's a reasonably good understanding of what it's supposed to mean, and there's some reasonably good compliance in certain pockets of the police force. So there are certain areas where we've had members come to us and say, that's the best thing you've ever done because they stopped calling me. Yeah. But there are certainly areas where people are going, this isn't worth anything because they're still calling me. So you know, it's still a baby of a clause, and we need to, I guess, um, be able to test it out, and that'll be partly about trying to find the right case for us to run in court.
0: But have you also seen that working? Have you seen it it, it working well for people in the early stages? Yeah, There's
1: no doubt that it's working in some places. So it tends to be geographic. So there are workplaces, for example, where um, leadership has said to them, this is really important and we're going to put a focus on complying with it. And people have seen the benefits and other areas where it's remained unchecked. Um, And part of, I guess, the issue that we've got, and it's where COVID came at a really bad time. It seems silly to say that a global pandemic came at an inconvenient (laughs) moment for us. Um, But when this clause was brand new... um, state effectively went into a state of emergency, and that being the case, you know, emergency was one of the abilities for the employer to still be able to contact people. So I actually think we were quite good about it. We held back, and the changes of shift to our members were actually startling, like the number of changes of shift that occurred, and we sat there and were reasonably polite about it. But there's got to be a flip side. There's got to be a payoff at the other end, and that's the employer now taking seriously the thing that they agreed to when we bargained for it.
0: Uh, Emma, I guess the other thing is uh, no-one wants to be the one holding up their hand and having a whinge and saying, look, don't call me. I'm, I'm going up on the Murray and I'm going to relax. I'm not going to have that. – don't call me. No one sort of wants to be like that. They want to be a bit of a team player. So it's difficult, I guess, trying to negotiate that too, I would think.
2: I think that depends on who you are because I will. Like I, I'll certainly say no, no. And and parts of the Murray, there is no mobile reception, so tough luck mate. <laughs> you can't get hold of me. But you're right. Like that, especially within the PSO cohort, there is a lot of people who – um, you know, we're not born in this country, and th- the cultures that they come from don't give them the confidence to stand up for themselves, even though they have the backing of T- TPAV as well as you know the EBA and that sort of thing. So that's pr- pretty much the main reason I put my hand up as the delegate to say, "Well, then, if you can't speak, I will." So,
0: gee, that's interesting, and you're nodding a lot too, Luke. If people born o- born overseas that you know they're from a background. Perhaps that they wouldn't speak up like that.
1: Absolutely. I mean, without wanting to beat around the bush, part of the cohort that that Emma would represent is is a significantly higher um, overseas minority-born than anywhere else in the police force. And in a lot of those circumstances, they don't come from a culture where they have employment representation. They do what they're told because that's the only way they're going to get paid.
2: Yeah, because if they don't, they lose their job.
1: That's right. And that's not the way that we operate here and it's not the way we operate in the police association. Um, and that's why that you need to have a strong police association is so that people don't get crushed like that. Yeah. And it's really important for us, I should say, to have delegates like Emma who are willing to stand up in those circumstances and speak for people who don't feel comfortable speaking for
0: themselves. Well, that's that front line too, isn't it? I mean, because that's not going to come back... You're not going to know either unless someone contacts right. you directly. Unless the delegates are having those conversations with you and, and, and Emma, that you're having those conversations with people that are, that are struggling yeah. and you're listening.
2: yeah. I've used a saying a lot, which I got from the Dolly, that young girl that was the um, Cobra little model when she was a child and then she ended up killing herself. But the campaign from her was to speak even if your voice shakes. So I I sort of say that to the guys. I'm like, come on, you need to stand up for yourself. It doesn't matter even if while you're, you know, you're talking and you're standing up for yourself, even if you do sort of hesitate a little bit or your voice shakes you still got to say it you need to be heard and if but if you can't if you really can't then come and see me i'll pick that fight for you that's fine
0: what are, what are some of the examples uh, that you've seen b- before this has come in you know what what what, what was happening
1: um so look a lot of it was about paperwork that was an unnecessary call. It wasn't something that was urgent. It was a, a question or about a chaser that had been thrown up on harpers or something like that, and you'd have you know a sergeant breathing down your neck It easily could have waited till the next time you are in your office. But the other example that came up um, quite early on was the one that Emma was referring to before, which is where they do the change of shift provision. Um, so to put, give it some sort of an understanding, people obviously have a right to disconnect, but Victoria Police were contacting people to change their shift merely to avoid the penalty that arises. So um, in essence, if the employer doesn't give you 72 hours notice of your change of shift, um, then a penalty applies and it obviously costs Victoria Police money. So in the circumstance where somebody was working on a Monday and then proceeding on rest days, say Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday, they were working a day shift on Friday um, and then an Arvo shift on a Saturday and the employer wanted to change the Arvo to a morning instead of waiting to the Friday so that they could change their shift they were instead interrupting them by calling them, say, on the Thursday or the Wednesday in order to get outside the 72-hour provision um, to be able to change their shift. So, in other words, that's saving them money in those circumstances, but the penalty was, in fact, paid by our members who were having their rest days uh, interrupted so the Victoria Police could avoid a penalty that would have been payable to them.
0: What uh, – because it is a job like no other, and uh, I I don't need to tell the the two of you – that but you know there are emergencies there are also welfare things like welfare checks I mean so what are the uh, you know where where the right to disconnect doesn't doesn't apply
1: so they were specifically cutouts the Victoria Police raised during bargaining so I mean we were obviously very keen on pursuing a right to disconnect to give our members some freedom but part of us on part of I guess us pursuing that was an understanding both from us and Victoria Police that um, sometimes things happen um, that means that a member might need to be contacted. Well, this wasn't about trying to get around the rare circumstance where yep. somebody's genuinely yep. being called on a welfare ground because they've been involved in a critical incident. Sure, the employer's got the right and the need to be able to do that, um, both for the good of the organisation and, indeed, a member. Um, by the same token, emergencies were also you know, really clear. There are sometimes times where people do have to drop everything um, and be able to turn out as a police officer or a PSO. You know, mm. We understand those circumstances. and Indeed, it wasn't what the clause was aimed at. The clause was aimed at you know, unnecessary contact that was continuing left, right and centre. Um, and it very much came out of our members telling us exactly that um, leading into the 2019 bargaining round. Yeah, And I you remember
2: were- early days when I was unsworn and working at Water Police Search and Rescue and we get the chases from Ost of, like, you know, your member didn't turn up when they did and the sergeants would be ringing them on their rest days, like... Did you go to Ost or not? And it's like, they couldn't wait. But this was long before that clause even came in, you know, and it's been going on for a very long time.
0: It, and you think, yeah, as you say, it's kind of early days and you're still tweaking this one uh, a little bit, but you, you're happy with the way that it's going? Oh, look... And the feedback. Well, the
1: feedback that comes through that's positive, which is members where they where they're clearly their management have made an effort to comply with it and the members have seen the benefit is obviously really pleasing. Um, and we have indeed obviously had members telling us that it's the best thing that they've seen happen to them. By the same token, I'm also coming across areas where um, members are being repeatedly still contacted. Now, I can look at it from the whole of collective perspective and say, well, we've got some sort of improvement, that's good enough. I'm not necessarily going to be content myself, and I don't think the organisation will be until we have 100% compliance, but we also recognise that, that doesn't necessarily happen, you know, in a minute. It doesn't happen overnight even, um, And it will be about finding a circumstance where we're able to prosecute Victoria Police for a really obvious breach. Yeah. Um, That'll probably be the one that will lead to a formalisation in Victoria Police that says, "Okay, organisation wise, now, whole way through the organisation, we've got to comply like this."
0: So at the moment, you can't bring about those prosecutions. You, I'm waiting for the right case. Right. Okay. Okay. All right. Like we have the ability to prosecute. It doesn't come with a
1: penalty. Some of our members have said to us, "We'd like a penalty to be attached to it." So every time they call us, we get blah 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 um, again that's our when I say blah 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 an amount of money for it that's yeah. our members understanding the notion that you have to disincentive disincentivize practices in Victoria police and the only way to do that is money I'm not sure that you'll ever be able to negotiate that because the truth is um, if you put that in place you could potentially bankrupt the state with the way in which it was happening beforehand would it would it work is that bad Uh beforehand it was rampant absolutely um and whilst i'd like to say you know we could force them to provide a a monetary penalty here i'm not necessarily sure that you can but i'm also not sure that it actually gets you where you want to go as adequately as a prosecution that will say no victoria police your practices are wrong they're wrong because we can read the clause the clause means this and you have breached it um and i think that's one that will actually send the shockwaves through the victoria Police if it ends up happening
0: you kind of answered it a second uh, ago Emma. but is it working do you think it's working
1: it depends on
2: where you work so there is certainly still uh, supervisors so we like within transit we've got senior managers that you know definitely agree with the clause and that sort of thing and if you go to them are like it shouldn't be happening and we'll deal with it but there's a little bit of that middle management there is just like well I've got a job to do and I've got to get it done and you know, it's the only time I get a chance to call you so tough luck kind of thing. And it's like, well, it's not tough luck, it's my right and it's Mm. there for a reason. And if the roles were reversed and someone was contacting you, you wouldn't be happy about it. So why should I have to take it on the chin?
0: Look, do you see a little bit of that uh, as an older, uh, you know, an older boss who says, look, you know, when I came through, you know, I had to take the phone calls and I had to do this and do that and they push back on this a little bit?
1: um anecdotally i've heard that by the same token i think that emma's right to say that it does happen at certain ranks more than anything else yeah so i think it's one of those ones where the message got through from executive command really clearly to the top levels of management um but whilst they are the ones who who are saying we'll comply we'll comply we'll comply when it actually comes to directing the people directly beneath them to comply that's where the, the, the the i guess the practice has probably fallen down a little bit um I would say, though, that sometimes people look at it, and I think we were alluding before to members saying, I want a penalty for every time they contact me. Members need to understand this is a right to disconnect. It's a right. It's a right that's granted to you, and rights need you know the, the cost of having a right is eternal vigilance. If you give away something for free, the employer's never going to pay for it. Um, so what I would say to a member at the moment if they were saying, well, I'm continually getting disconnected, is turn your phone off. They can't contact you if you turn your phone off. Screen your calls. They can't, call you. they can't call you if you screen your calls. You have a right to do it. You have to enforce that right.
0: I guess with that too is you don't want to see somebody who turns their phone off to then get penalised for that down the track in some other way. Uh, where they say, "Well, this guy, you know, he, he's all right, you know, but I, he, he, too, I, you can't get him when you need to get him." And, well, that's the one know. that
1: would start the fight, Justin. <laughs>
0: yes, yeah, that's, that's the, the one that would start. That's the, fight. the one, yeah, yeah. And that's
2: the sort of stuff that was starting to happen to us in the sense that they were saying to us, "You take your iris device home." And then, so they're not calling you. They're making the necessary changes on the roster and stuff like that and expecting that we will check it daily. So then let's say I was supposed to be starting at 4 o'clock on Thursday but they change my shift to 10 but I turn up at 4 or they ring me at 10 o'clock. Where are you? I'm like, I'm starting at 4. Then they like, well, the responsibility is on you because you didn't check your roster. And that then ties into the whole post- posted roster changes and things like that. Like they were trying to push it all back onto us and we were, you know, really getting reamed and stuff about – it's your responsibility. You're adults. You should be keeping an eye on your roster and stuff. And it's like if I check it and I put it into the app on my phone, which I then share with my husband and stuff, I shouldn't have to recheck it because if you've made changes to that posted roster, you should be contacting me or speaking to me about it and letting me know, not me opening my Iris device every day to go, has my roster been changed? Yes, you
1: absolutely shouldn't be checking your Iris device yeah. on, a, on a day off to see whether you you, you, you Shift has been changed. The right to disconnect exists for that, and that's what I'm saying is enforce it. Yeah. So you know you don't have to check that iris device. Don't check it. Don't
2: check it. I don't take it home.
1: And it's the right thing to do.
0: Because nobody wants to be seen as the one that, that lets the side down either. I mean, how has this changed the the culture in the job?
1: Well, I think the culture change has only just started. Um, but it's a, it's a start that needed to be made or otherwise the same thing was going to keep happening and the, the encroachment that our members reported was in fact intensifying um, over the years. So it was actually time to make that stand to make sure, um, I guess not that it would stop overnight, but that you've planted the flag in the sand to say this is the turning point and from here on in it it's only going to get better for members. Um, I should make some things, I guess, really clear about it. it. I mean, this doesn't mean that members, you know, should be prevented from calling each other to talk through difficult parts of the job or anything like that. Yeah. This is really about um, a right for members to be able to disconnect, as I was referring to Mm. before. It really is about a right that they need to be able to enforce. If you don't want to be taking calls, you can turn your phone off. That's the best way to control what the real problem here is, which is management contacting members in time that is their own to discuss work functions, matters that should be dealt with at work and can, in fact, wait until the members next back at work.
0: Because those check-ins are important, Emma.
2: Oh, absolutely. Like the the people who understand what you do and what you go through are your colleagues. They're the ones that understand the best. So, you know, often it's easier to have conversations, you know, with them and that sort of thing But because you don't want to dump stuff on your family and all that sort of thing. So, you know, definitely you still need to be able to have those conversations with your colleagues and check in with your colleagues. But it's more about pushing back to, to management for stuff that it could wait. It doesn't yeah. need to be done now. It could wait.
1: I think our members know really clearly when they're speaking to somebody on the level because they're talking to them about a genuine welfare concern and when they're talking to a manager who's asking them a question that could wait until they were next to work.
2: Yeah, like I've I've had a supervisor call me as in one of the PSO supervisors because he's aware that, you know, I've got elderly parents and stuff like that and I had a few days off and he called me and went, I'm just checking, are you okay, do you need anything? And I'm like, no, I'm good and I was okay with that, I'm happy with that but don't, don't call me because it's like, oh, you by need to change. Yeah, by the way, exactly. So, yeah, welfare stuff, that's fine. Look,
0: you're going to know the difference, aren't you? Because yeah. if how's everything going with your parents Correct. leading into, did you do that thing? Yeah. You know, you're going to know if somebody's doing that, aren't yeah. you? Yeah.
2: yeah, exactly. And then it would be, okay, thanks for checking on my parents, bye, bye. and hang up before they can ask the question.
0: <laughs> Look, thank you very much. So what are, what are three things that we want to take away from this conversation, Emma?
2: So from listening to Luke, I feel like a key message for the members would be push back. Don't be afraid. Push back to, you know, the people that are breaching this. Like Luke said, it's a right. Um, And then if you're afraid to push back, seek support from your members. So support each other. Um, And then the third?
1: Oh, look, it's your right. You've got to enforce it. And once you have attempted to enforce it, if the employer still tries to give you a whack for it, that's when we enforce it.
2: So I suppose the third would be call TPAV.
0: Thank you both. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the TPAV Squadcast. For more information, go to the show notes for all the links. And if you need specific advice, our Member Support Centre is full of experts. And send us your feedback.